Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical, and ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a marital embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. The Catholic Alpha is the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 94th episode, Spiritual Warfare for Husband, the Holy Rosary. Plus, live calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in the queue at 313-RADICAL or 313-723-4225. Or you can call in in your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical1. Don't wait. Get in the queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, no one wants to believe in evil, really, above all, not in an evil being or an evil spirit. Everyone wants to abolish the idea 
To admit the existence of evil means a responsibility, and no one wants that responsibility. That is the opening through which the evil spirit crawls, stilling all suspicions, making everything seem normal and natural. This is the thought, the unwariness of the ordinary human being, which amounts to a disinclination to believe in evil. And if you do not believe in evil, how can you believe in or ever know what good is? End quote. Father Malachi Martin, priest and exorcist in the Roman Catholic Church. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right, let's rock this today, fellas. Man, I'm a little dead. I feel like I didn't get enough sleep or something. That's the thing about doing stuff in the morning. You know, doing stuff, and if you're not a morning person, like I know a lot of my friends, a lot of people in general are morning people, man, they hop up out the bed. As soon as the alarm goes off, man, they jump out the bed, man, just start throwing their clothes on and brushing their teeth and putting the mouthwash in their mouth and stuff, and man, you know, combing their hair and shaving and Taking the taking the number two and number one, you know, and they just all they come downstairs, they all happy and jump popping up and stuff. Man, I'm like, man. And then they go to work and everybody's like, what is up with this dude? He's like all happy and jumping around. <laughs> Some people are just like that. Me, man, I ain't gonna lie. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I, the alarm goes off and I go, okay, it's four o'clock. Okay, well. I try to get up, but then I look up, it's 4.15, it's 4.30, it's 5, man. Sometimes I get up late and stuff like today. I get up late, so I'm rushing. But, you know, the good thing is we're here together now, and what we're going to do is we're going to try to get some spiritual warfare for husbands going so that we can understand what this spiritual warfare thing, thing is about. I'm not going to go really go deep into spiritual warfare today um, because I've done that in the past, but, you know, that's the way you do it. You go over stuff you continually go over the same stuff so that people can really understand it and then get in their heads. That's how I learn. But we're really going to really talk more about the rosary as a spiritual weapon. It's your main spiritual weapon as a man. So why is the rosary considered a spiritual weapon? When I first time I heard that, I was like, man, what? It's just a bead with some, with some, with some stuff on it and a crucifix. And, you know, what is that? So why is it considered a spiritual weapon? Uh, why do many deny its power to change the world? Uh, the Blessed Mother came in Fatima and said that we need to be praying the rosary. If we don't pray the rosary, more wars will come. And so World War II came. Um, and so we, we, we don't really understand the supernatural world and how God works. But remember, God works through people most of the time, but every now and then he sends an, an angel or a saint um, the, like, or the Blessed Mother and to, to give us a warning. And if you think about it, if, 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 if Jesus Christ's mama <laughs> is sitting in the air before you and the sun is bright and looks like it's coming towards you, 
you might want to listen. You might want to think this is real. You know, um, at at Fatima, there were when the Blessed Mother appeared, there were hundreds of people out there. Again, the witness thing that no everybody always want to deny. You know. The thing about miracles and Jesus and 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 God and 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 angels and stuff like people have this thing. Well, the reason they think we think like that is because you know we want we want to do what we want to do, right? We don't want to submit because if we admit that the Blessed Mother came at Fatima and that you know those witnesses, everybody that was standing there, all those hundreds of people that were standing there, you know something was wrong with them. They were delirious. Or back when Jesus was risen again, he went came back and over 500 people saw him. You know, if we if we admit to that, then we have to admit that there's something up. That there maybe there is a God, and maybe I am supposed to be doing what the, what Jerry's talking about doing. Maybe the Holy Spirit, when you know, maybe that stuff that 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 voice that talks to me, maybe it's right. It's supposed to, I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. But people, we really don't we really don't really want to connect because once we connect all these things, then we have to look at ourselves and say, do I conform or do I not conform? And that's the tough, that's a tough question, man. It was tough for me, but like I talked about uh, earlier this week, you know, the thing for me, once I understood, I didn't have to be all mushy, mushy uh, about Jesus Christ at first. I was like, Hey, that's cool. I could just do what, what the, what the, what I'm supposed to do. You know, I could try it out and things like that. And so that's why I'm here today that, you know, the Holy Spirit works in different ways. Some people need actual like in your face proof. Well, if you read scripture, it's there. Um, when you're the witnesses, you know, 100 people standing there, 500 people can't be wrong. They can't. I mean, we believe in witnesses for everything else. You know, we believe in other stuff we didn't see. We believe in Aristotle. Nobody knows what that dude looks like, but everybody believes he's there. You know, uh, we believe in um, a lot of things that we believe in that we can't see, you know. But when it comes to God, all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, well, I don't know about that one, man. I don't know, you know, because if you admit, if we admit that there's a God and we admit that he created the universe. If we admit that Jesus Christ came and the prophets in the Old Testament, all that stuff is true, and it was revelation, uh, that the Blessed Mother was in revelation to, to, to crush the head of the serpent, then if we start to think like that, then we start to start to realize that this world is exactly what I say all the time. It is a test, a test if we are worthy to go to the big party. And the big party, of course, is the beatific vision. So another thing is, is the rosary scripturally based? We get that a lot in the Catholic church, you know, is the, is the rosary scripturally based? So we're going to go over that. Why is the blessed mother so important in spiritual warfare? Women, you know, I'm going to get on women a little bit because they, they don't really understand that the most perfect, special, powerful human being ever created is the blessed mother, a woman. She is the mother of God. You can't get more special than that one, ladies. <laughs> you can't can't get more special than that. Born without, you know, without original sin, the Blessed Mother. You know what? How how much more can you special as a woman do you need? 
Being like being as a man is not our is not the 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 role and responsibility and in the nature of women. It's not. And when women try to go away from that, oh my God, the consequences are devastating. Right? Look at the country. Look at the world. Look at the family. There's no women in them. Oh, they're all out working. <laughs> they all out working. <laughs> so next, uh. Marriage is the, uh, why is the, let me see, I said that one. Oh, no, another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is the rosary considered a powerful weapon for husbands? That's another question we're going to talk about today. So why is the rosary considered a, a powerful weapon for husbands? You know, why do you need, why would anyone say that, that a husband should be picking up that rosary every single day? Why? I don't know. We're going to talk about it, though. Okay? So we must understand the battle for greatness is always 10 times worse the struggle. The things that we talk about on this show, they're not easy to do. It's not easy to conform to God. But once you do it, it starts to become a habit. And then things become easier. And then you slowly but surely your life begins to turn around. And you look back and you can't even understand why I was that way. I know that happened to me. I look back sometimes and go, oh, man, that was me for real. <laughs> Dang. And you can and then some, you look and go, man, I couldn't imagine doing that t- today like I did that, uh, like I did back then. And that's the good thing about growth and why our wives do not like to see a husband or a man that stays the same over years and decades. Because she, she starts to wonder you know, why am I in this marriage? What are we doing here? Where are we going? That is why when people don't have children and it's just the couple, eventually there comes a time in their life where they go, what are we doing? Where are we going? And when we do have children, if if when we ask us in the marriage, we ask ourselves, okay, we have this family. What, and, and this is not something we say out loud. It's instinctually what we say, like, where are we like we have this family here what are we doing with it like why what are we doing where are we going and that is why you hear archbishop fulton j sheen in his book three to get married talk about without god there's something incomplete there's something not there there's an emptiness no matter how much you love each other um, as a couple and as a family that family should be journeying towards god and when when you do then you see your purpose Without God, there is no purpose. Why? Because if there was no God, without God, there's no reason to be good. Really think about that. Without God, there's no reason to be good. There's no reason to be a moral person, a good person, a man of courage, a a good character. There's no reason to really go to work. There's no reason to talk nice to people. There's no reason uh, not to just be rude all the time and just whatever we want to say, we say it. There's no reason... There, uh, there's no reason for any of that. We just go out and kill who we want, have sex with who we want, drink how much we want, eat how much we want. Why? Because without God, there is no reason to be a good person ever. Why? There is no reason. That is why one of the strongest reasons for knowing that there is a God and this all has meaning, because if there was no God, we would all just jump on and kill each other because there'd be no grace in the world. And it's it's really deep when you start to really think about it. But it is. Think about it. 
If there was no first mover, you could not even breathe right now. People think, well, you know what? My heart is beating and the blood is moving through my body uh, and my, um, my lungs are taking in air and there's electricity that's in my body that's causing my heart and all that to work. So where does that electricity come from? Never thought about that one, did you? Where does the electricity come from to get you to breathe, to even function as a human person, to even be here? How does that happen? And then let's go a little deeper. What about your soul? What is it? Where does it go when you die? Why is it? Why is the soul in the body one, and then when you die, the soul doesn't. The soul doesn't die; it stays. Why is the soul energy? Why can why can only God destroy the soul? Because there is an eternity. That's why. That's why you must realize when you when I say that the faith, the Catholic faith, the Christian faith is a faith of intellect. That is what I mean. What I just said has no emotion involved in that. That is all logic. This is how you know that there is a God. Because when you start asking these questions and you're real with yourself and you go and search for those answers, there's only one possible explanation as you start going back and back and back to the first mover. And it's important that we understand that. The problem with, with, with the people that that know the faith, sometimes they don't really know how to explain the faith so that people can really intake it. And it, it takes a gift to be able to explain the Catholic faith and the vast, the vast, enormous complexity of it. Because God is complete. People think it's simple. It's nearly not simple. Well, just say Jesus is my Lord and Savior and you're saved. Now, who, what? That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make logical sense. I just say, Lord Jesus, I love you. You're my savior. And all of a sudden, I'm going to heaven. I ain't going to do nothing else. I have to do nothing else. Does that make sense? No, I'll help you. It doesn't. We have to be men of action. That is where your safe, your savior, your salvation comes from. You have to do something. And so this is why the rosary is so important, is that it is an avenue, a road. It is a, a, a tool to help you become the man that you say and claim that you want to be. You know, men say, tell me all the time, I want to save my marriage. I, I love my wife and I want to save my marriage. Then they don't do nothing. So oh, you really want to save your marriage, huh? You, wanna, you only want to save your marriage as long as you don't got to do nothing. You know, well, you know, we could, you could think about that without me for a second. So, it's time for us to understand that that marriage is the most difficult thing to make great. It's time that we're in a warrior mode, not to have any more excuses, to get up in front of Satan and face him head on and say, get away from my wife, get away from me and my children and my family, get away from us, leave us alone. And the only way you can do that is to say, get behind me, Satan, and pick up a rosary, uh, and and understand the sacraments, and and understand God and the the devil, and 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 understand the angels and the demons. Understand that this is real, and that you are the you are the only thing standing between God. I mean, standing between Satan and your family and your home. You are. 
And once you, man, the thing about it, man, once I like got that concept, the church became a lot easier. It, somebody says, well, I don't have to go in, into a church to, I don't have to go to church, you know, to, uh, I have to go to church to, 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 to show I love God. Yes, you do. God didn't say worship me at home. He created a church. So I got to go to church. And not only that, when you go to that church, there are blessings in that you get blessings and grace for worshiping God. Your, your life becomes easier knowing that you have, that God is there. You have, you can lean on God to get you, to help you through this life, but you have to give back. It's really a simple concept, but of course, as we know, it's hard. So I'm asking you to put on your armor, you know, pick up your shield, pick up your sword, man, and 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 get ready to get in warrior mode every single day. And that's what we're I'm asking you to do. And that's what this podcast ultimately is asking you to do. It's what the Holy Spirit and the Trinity are in itself asking you to do. As will you will turn, you know. Will you become that man that your wife and God are asking you to become? Will you? I know you can do it. I know you can. Don't return to your man cave. You know, enter the battle. Enter the battle, man. You know, I don't, I'm, I know, you know, sometimes it can seem like that, you know, I want us to work all the time. I'm, I don't want us to work all the time. I want us, because listen, everybody outside this podcast in the world around you, they tell you enough fluff. They tell you enough fluff, man. Sometimes in your life for this one hour a day with me, you, 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 you can understand that you have a purpose. Like just getting up and going to work is not my purpose in my life. You know, just, you know, it's, it's a bigger, bigger, a much bigger purpose than that. Like I said yesterday, you can be a great man like St. Joseph, the father of God, you know, the, the husband of the blessed mother, the holy family. He was a great man. He saved God. <laughs> I mean, when they went to getting them out of going to Egypt, he saved God. And that is what he's basically saying. Listen, you can do the same. Save your wife, save your children from Satan, from the world, from evil. But you have to know what to do and how to do it. It's just not saying, oh, God, please save me. That is not enough. It's not. And I hope that you are starting to understand that over these last two months. So um, as the man of your home, the defender from evil, your duty and responsibility is to give your life away each and every day in defense of your home from the diabolical. If you lack the will for battle, I and this Holy Spirit will try our best to help motivate you to get through it. The only question is, my friends, will you cooperate? If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped 
hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, we are back and I've got to say, man, um I realized after the first two or th- uh two weeks of doing the podcast live that sometimes my stream, I mean, you can hear my voice very clear, it's very good sound, but the video is choppy and laggy. Man, I have been working on that for a month now. I'm doing everything I can to get this. I guess the last thing is left. I'm going to have to get a new computer or something. I don't know. Uh, my laptop is pretty new, but I guess I could say it's two years old, but, you know, or maybe two and a half. And you guys are probably going, Jerry, that's old as hell. <laughs> that that laptop is uh, is ancient. So I might have to go ahead and, and do that because even though I know the most important thing is the sound, but I understand that, you know, sometimes you do want to watch the video. And, and I noticed, though, when I have a, a guest or a caller or like a live caller or if I have a guest in the sh- in the in here in the in the uh, in the stream with me, then my my it's never laggy or nothing like that. So I don't know what's going on. Some days it's perfect. Other days it's not. So please bear with me. And um, and I understand that, you know, sometimes if you want to watch something, you don't want to see a frozen image and stuff. But just know that I'm new at this and I'm working on it. Uh, I'm trying to get the simplest thing that I can and do it. But anyway, also, man, share the podcast. You know, believe it or not, um, I have a good following on, on the audio side of the podcast. Um, you know, I get a I get a, I get a, I get some pretty good downloads of the, of the show um in in the audio world um not as much as on YouTube and stuff like that um that's what this is for it's really the YouTube and Facebook and and those avenues are just the avenue to get people to uh watch uh and to get help everyday live um uh, because you know a lot of times everybody doesn't work you know everybody's not at work a lot of people aren't at work some people, you know, work at night. Some people work over the night. And so everybody has different times. I just chose to do this time because I want um, I want people, I want, um, well, I have clients to serve in the afternoons and in the evenings and stuff. And I have group meetings and all of that. So that's where we are. So get in the queue, you know, if you don't understand the rosary and, and understand prayer and are you having your, your families being attacked right now? Um, how do you know you're being attacked? Well, because you just got chaos in your life. You know, you you, know, you got financial problems. You you know, you're about to lose your house. Uh, your uh, you know, your wife is unhappy. She wants to leave. The kids are unruly, disrespectful. Um, you guys don't spend any time together. You know, that's chaos, man. It's chaos and it's hard. And ignoring it is not going to help. So what we do here is give me a call. Um, and what I can do is I can try my best to help you and, and get you some avenues and some resources to help you get this taken care of. So now we're going to get into our main content today. 
spiritual warfare for husbands have the rosary saved my marriage. Woo! One of the first things I did once my eyes were open to the Catholic faith and Christ church and my role in my family given by God was to force myself to learn the rosary. You hear all this stuff. You actually hear priests say, you don't have to pray the rosary. That's for uh, that's old time. That's in the old. We don't. The church doesn't do that anymore. It kills me how people these days because they don't want to conform. Um, it, it really seems like Satan is really trying to ruin the church, trying to make the church fall. Um, because what did the rosary ever do to you, man? I mean, you don't tell people that in your flock not to pray the rosary that they don't have to. It doesn't make sense, you know. Um, the thing about the Catholic Church is people can say whatever they want in today, but that 2,000 years is pretty strong to, to argue with. The rosary is one of the most powerful prayers in the history of the world, and it's been proven over time, over decades and centuries. So some dude that was born 40 years ago or 30 years ago is going to tell you, well, you don't have to pray the rosary no more because it doesn't do, it's no mean anything. You know that's Satan. You know it is. You know, saints pray the rosary. Husbands, people that pray the rosary in their marriage, their marriage completely changes if they if they do the other things of staying out of staying in grace and the main thing staying in grace and things like that. So that's what I did. I didn't really know what I was doing. Look, people said, hey, you know, I listened to uh Catholic Answers Live, and the man on there said it was, it was Doug Barry or somebody said, hey, man, pray the rosary, man. I was like, okay, well, I said I was going to do what God said do. So then I went to this retreat, uh, Chrisil, and they're talking, men there talking about there's like 60, 70 men talking about, man, pray the rosary and how to do it and stuff. And I said, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I did. It was it was weird. It was hard learning at first, though. Well, not it was, well, it's just, you know, clunky. It was really clunky. Um my what happened was at the time my wife had a, a rosary a rosary on the CD. See that's how the, that's how the spiritual that's how uh, the Holy Spirit works, right? My wife just happened to have a rosary a CD with the rosary on it, so she gave it to me and I put it in every day. And I'd be driving because I had a job where I drove a lot. I put the um, I put the CD in the um, in the in the CD player at the time. You know now I don't think most people don't have CD players in a vehicle. Because, uh, you know, we got we can hook it up to our phones and stuff. But back then, you know, it was the CD was the big thing. So we put it in there and they would start praying. It was how this beautiful music in it. And what I would do at first, I would just I would pray. I would pray one decade a day. Then I pray another decade a day. So a decade is basically 10 beads. So you pray 10 beads. So um, uh, of the rosary. Um, so to get used to it and stuff. Then I prayed three and then four decades. And before you know it, I had a mystery. Then I started praying two mysteries and three mysteries. Then after that, I was doing a whole rosary a day. Then after that, I went to two rosaries a day. Then I went to three rosaries a day, then four. I mean, you just like, you. that's what you do. Uh, you push yourself as a man. You push yourself just like if you were an NFL football player or a high school football player. You realize you got to push yourself past your pain. And with God, it's the same way. The more we push ourselves past the initial pain, the easier it becomes. And you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. Um, I must say, 
Praying the rosary has changed the course of my life, but more importantly, the course of my family tree. Everybody in my family knows what the rosary is. Now, whether they pray it or not, they know what it is, and they know, they understand what it can do and what power it has. Now, whether somebody decides to, to, to accept the Holy Spirit and do what they're called to do, that's on them. Your job as a father and a mother is to make sure everybody knows their responsibilities and know what they're supposed to be doing. Because that's where you fail as a parent. You know, we just, well, let them do whatever they want. They don't want to, well, they don't have to go to church if they don't want to. How are you going to tell you? How as a mother are you going to say, I have wives, I have wives, and I'm sure there are men do it, but I, ha I work with men mostly, so I have mostly the women say, well, they should be able to decide when they want to go to church. I had this man tell me a year or so ago, he told me, well, you know, I let my kids take a break from going to church sometimes. What? Is that weak or what? Is that, you're just trying to get your kids in hell, ain't you? you no responsibility. I have wives saying, well, they should be able to decide when they want, when they want to go to church, when they want to go to church or if they want to get back, they ought to decide when they want to get baptized and stuff like that. Just crazy stuff. Do you even know? Before you open your mouth, do you even know why why the Catholic Church baptizes babies? Because they got to get the original sin off of them. Parents have to have to do what they got to do to keep their babies safe. Sure, babies are innocent, but they still have original sin on them. So that's why you baptize them. Because when you get baptized, you get started all over again. Your life is renewed. You know. That when your life is renewed, that means you start a clean slate. So when that baby, and then the baby gets to uh, 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 gets to what the age of reason, which is seven in the Catholic Church, the age of reason is seven, which means basically the sins that kids do before seven doesn't really count, you know, because of their because of their age and their mind, because of where their mind is, and you know they're young. But once a kid reaches seven, he's responsible for everything he does. That's why you see. That's why you see uh, kids going to confession and stuff in, in, in the Catholic Church. That's why you see kids uh, taking First Communion and stuff like that. Okay? It's very important. Then when you have confirmation, which is what, 13, 14, 15, something like that, confirmation is another sacrament that helps with the baby and the toddler thing. It is then the kid decides if I want to still keep being a Christian, a Catholic. Then that's when they decide. You don't not give the faith to your child when their child is two years old or three or four years old. They can't think for themselves. How are you going to allow, if you don't form your child, if you don't allow God to form your child, guess who's going to form your child? A guy told me this one time, Jerry, if you don't homeschool your kid, guess what you're going to do? Those kids that your kid goes to school with that come from all walks of life, they're going to be the ones that form your child in sex, pornography, cursing, disrespect. Why do you think when your kid goes to school and then they come home, they're unruly and disrespectful to you? Because they learn that stuff. They learn that stuff at the school and around. So the best thing me and my wife ever did was homeschool our two youngest from the time they were babies until they were in the ninth grade. You know why? Because when they went out into the world, dude, at the high school, people just couldn't put anything over on my kids. 
my kid, my two boys, you just couldn't put anything over on them. You couldn't say stupid stuff. They'd be like, what? Because my boys knew how to think for themselves. If you take your child and put him in daycare, then kindergarten, then preschool, uh, the preschool, then kindergarten, then uh, elementary school, then grade school, and then go through high school, your kid is going to be totally crazy. Totally crazy. Why? Because you're working eight hours a day. You're working 12 hours a day. And now so is your wife. So you spend maybe one hour a day with your child, and then that's not even eating dinner together or nothing. You're probably running around to practice or something. You basically have no influence over your child if you send your child to school eight, ten hours a day. It's just common sense, right? It's just they're going to influx all that stuff that they they learn. And, and, and then when you come, like when um, my other three kids, what would happen is we thought, oh, well, we'd send them to these good, you know, towns in, you know, in, in Indianapolis. And we have what we call townships and the township schools are supposed to be better than the inner city schools. Well, guess what? Not really. They ain't. They used to be, but they really ain't no more. It's because, you know, hell, you know, Satan just seeps into everything, you know. But anyway, so, you know, every day my kids would come home, especially my boys, I would have to deprogram them again. And as a parent, that's your job. That's your new mission. That's your your, your, your robotic uh, task every day is when your kids come home from school, you have to reprogram them every day to know what's right, what's wrong, how to treat you as a parent, how to treat authority. Don't talk back. Watch your mouth. Don't cuss. Because if you don't reprogram them, then basically you are just giving your kid totally over to Satan. And the school system, which is completely evil. Okay. And if you, so that's why if you tell your kid, well, your kid can go to, you don't form your child when your child's a baby. You don't get to, so let's take, let's go through that real quick. So your baby's born. Most people, they, they have this, they have this twinkle, twinkle toe thing about their child. Like my child is this special, special thing. And it, it's never going to do that. My child's never going to go on drugs. My child's never going to rape somebody. My child's never going to murder somebody. My child's never going to steal. My child would never curse at his teacher. My child would never hit a, a hit a, a, a schoolmate. My child would never do that. Yes, your child will. Yes, they will. Dude, I worked, I worked in a, um, I was a mentor for two years in one of the toughest schools in Indianapolis. You wouldn't believe this is eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. You wouldn't believe what I saw. Kids when they ain't around their parents, man, they are crazy. They lose their mind. They cuss the teacher out. They have bad attitudes. They don't respect nothing. They don't respect the principal. Well, for anything, kids know that they ain't gonna get a whooping. If your kid think, if your kid believes that they are not gonna get punished. Or disciplined, and I mean disciplined, like I'm going to take your phone away, I'm going to put you in your room, you can't come out, you can't see your friends, or if it gets bad, if I'm, I'm going to whoop your butt. If kids know that at the end that you're not going to whoop their butt, they're going to push you and test you until no end. And guess what? Talking ain't going to work. Uh, talking will work with some kids. Because some some kids is in them like that. Some kids are just like, I'm going to be obedient to my parents. I'm only going to push them so far. I'm not going to disrespect my parents. I'm going to, for the most part, do what I'm going to do. But a lot of kids, 
especially boys, they don't roll like that. When those hormones start moving, if you ain't got a hold on your son by the time he's uh, three, four, or five, especially by the time he's 10, look, I coach hundreds of boys in football. And I'm telling you, if you don't rein a boy in real quick, by the, by the time he's 10, if you don't rein him in by the time he's 10, he will run your house. He'll come home, cuss you out, cuss your father, cuss the daddy out, when because the, the daddy ain't there. So he'll call a daddy, cuss the daddy out. The daddy can't got no say. The mama, she's she don't know. She tried to discipline, but she can't. Why? Because when they get start getting 10, they get stronger, they get bigger, they get faster, and they start smelling themselves. So if you don't get them under control, if you think, well, I'm never going to touch my kid, my kid's never going to get, okay, well, then guess what? You're going to have a child that cannot function out here in the real world. You'll see. Don't listen to me. I've been proven right so many times. Again, there are some children that are just special like that. They are. They they will love. They respect. They just naturally do what they're told to do. But that's rare these days. Why? Because when they go out in the real world, everything is contrary to that. You know how many times their friends, just your mother and father, stupid. That teacher, she's stupid. I ain't got to listen to her. You ain't my daddy. How many times you heard that one? Man, if you ain't willing to put your fist in the chest of your son, you are going to pay for it. You will pay for it. I know, I know, listen, I know some 12, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old boys that are 200, 250 pounds, about six foot two. And you look at them and go, what you going to do with that? A woman can't do nothing with that. But say, honey, would you please go clean your room? <laughs> if he does, he does. If he don't, he don't. This is why you need the daddy around, ladies, because the daddy don't care. He don't care how big the daddy is. If he's a real man and a real good father, when that kid's uh, when that kid no later than one years old, he will start disciplining him, which means punishment. Discipline is love. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is love. It's what you do for somebody, not to somebody. You know, and so that way that that little boy, when he grows up, he understands how to treat his mother, his sister. He understands he has to still how to treat authority and he becomes a good citizen and a good Christian out in the world. Boom. That's how you do it. Um, and so with that being said, um, that's kind of how I came into the rosary. That's how I came into the rosary. Um, and that's how I really started understanding that how that can change your life and change the way we are. Um, God said in the, you know, spare, spare the rod, spoil the child. How more clear can you be? Is God a liar? Is God a liar? Is he? God does not know about kids. He doesn't, you know, more, your psychiatrist knows more, your teacher at school knows more. The government knows more than God about children? Really? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, I could talk about that for the next five hours. So make no mistake. The rosary is a husband's number one battle weapon in preparation to fight the battle daily. So first, let's cover the scripture basis for the rosary. So right now we're going to cover the scriptural basis uh, for the rosary. Um um, so, oh, so, oh, man, okay, so Maria, she says, uh, let me read it first. She says, hi, Jerry, I love to homeschool my kids, 
but my husband doesn't want to. I've talked a lot to him, uh, but it's useless. At least they will, at least will be attending a Catholic school this year. I hope the new school works. So Maria, I understand. Um, if you're a stay at home mom, then that's really good. Anyway, is I don't see a reason why you can't. What me and my wife did was we we made a decision. We was like, look, we're not going to just turn, even the Catholic school, we decided we're not going to just turn our kids over to the world without forming them first. You have to form your children. You have to form them in the faith. Believe it or not, my two younger boys, their maturity level is completely astronomical compared to other kids. You could just see it because why they were around adults all the time. They're around their mother and father all the time, you know, and then they're around other adults all the time and they're around kids too, because we went to kid fun. Another thing too, my father tried to talk me, my father, when he was alive, tried to talk me and my wife out of homeschool. Well, he tried to talk me out of it. He didn't talk to my wife cause I really didn't like him talking to my wife like that, but he, um, he tried to talk me out of homeschooling my kids. He said, well, how are they going to learn how to adjust to other, how are they going to learn how to, to, to deal in the real world and how are they going to learn how to, to, to uh, talk to other kids and deal with other kids stuff? Man, that's crazy. So basically you're saying I got to introduce my kids to evil so they know how to act right. That's not true. That's not true. Kids, you have to form your child first so that your child is psychologically and spiritually able to deal with the assaults that society puts on them. So when me and my wife, we 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 decided, look, for the, so basically we homeschooled our kids, and then and then of course the other kids, the other three got mad because <laughs> they had to go to school, right? You know, this is before about because me and my wife, you know, they we had these two, they had them like 14 months apart, and they they came along after my other one kids were older. And they were always they always messed with us about how you know they get they get they got all this special treatment. They really didn't, but you know anyway. But we decided that we go to homeschool them, and then when high school came, we would decide that they would go to a high school. With the, if 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 it didn't work out, or if we felt that we've done the best we could, then we put them in high school. So that's what we did. For for but even if, even by that time, they are so well formed in the church. They're used to going to mass and praying, going to adoration. They're so used to everything that of what life is supposed to be that it was hard for the out for the for the outside world to really get to them. And so, what that is why you need to do that. And so, when but when high school came, my wife decided we decided that okay, it's time because my boys want to play football. It's plus my wife was like, look, you know, I, I I'm you know I'm not as organized as I need I want like to be. This is high school work. You know, they and it would be better if we put them in school. So what we did was we went and we there's a a, a, a Catholic uh, network called the Newman uh, Cardinal Newman something, and basically they rate all the type all the top high school Catholic high schools in the country. And so if you're on that list, that means what? That means that it, that you that you uphold to the true teachings of the Catholic faith, the Christian faith. And so that means you go to mass, you take the kids to mass, the kids do confession, the kids are taught theology and the in the um uh, they're taught theology and all that kind of stuff. And so what happens is what happened to us, so we took our kids to the cathedral. So 
uh, not cathedral, Chatard, Bishop Chatard, because Cathedral, Roncalli, Sassina, all those, they weren't on the list, which means if you send your kid there, they just going to be like a, a regular inner city school. You know, they're going to, they're not, the faith is going to be taught and stuff like that. That's why you got to research the school that you send your kids to. If Maria, if you send your child to a Catholic school, you 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 got to drive them there anyway. So you might as well try to find the school that is on that list. Or like, say, if the school is like like Bishop Tart, all the schools below that, the, the grade schools, they're feeders to that school. So what you do is you send your kid to one of those schools, to those those grade schools, and then as they progress through, the teachers know them. They get friends, and then when they get to high school, they could be a freshman, and then they, you know, when my kids went to Bishop Chattar, they didn't know nobody. My son, Jericho, was there for a whole year, but see, he's this outgoing kind of kid, so he made friends and did all that stuff. Plus, my son was in eighth grade, and so he would go up there with him sometimes, and they kind of watched out for each other. That's why I love my two sons. You know, they really take care of each other. Well, they're only 14 months apart, so it's easy for them to be like that. And so... They went. They they went through four. Each of them went through four years of Bishop Tart, and of course, they got influenced by all this, by the world. I'm not gonna lie, they did, and I had to check them sometimes. But for the most part, man, they did what they supposed to do. They graduated from really good grades. They get, you know, they had really good grades because then Bishop Tart, even the even the even the, the the scale is like really hard. Like I think to get an A, you got to get like a 96 or something. <laughs> like dang. 96% is an A, and so that means 95 is a B. <laughs> so, you know, they they graduated with high, high Bs. Like, they were really, you know, they were really good in school, three-point-something, you know. So they were, oh, I got two calls. Oh, man. Okay, so, Maria, I'm going to come off this real quick because I got a couple of calls, but I just want to let you know that keep working on your husband. I was, my wife had to convince me. She took me around other homeschool people. What you do is you find other homeschool, Catholic homeschoolers. There are tons of them. And then you can, you can have dinner, have your husband over for dinner with them. Y'all can have dinner together. That's what convinced me. My wife, that's how smart she is. She got, she found another man that was homeschooling his kids. And then he taught, we were over there for dinner. And then he took me out walking and he explained the real deal to me. He's like, look, man, if, you don't influence your kids. Those kids are, are going to influence your kid. And so that kind of really changed my mind, you know, about it. I was like all in then. And sure, you're going to have problems. But the rumor, your job as a wife is to guide your husband. Just because he says no once does not mean. And plus, it's a lot less money, too. But your husband, if you keep working on him and keep guiding him, he will eventually listen. All right. So I'm going to take a quick break and then we will come back and get our caller in. All right. First up, let me see. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Two callers in one day. Yes, yes. Caller one. Boom. Talk. Jerry? Hello. Hey. It's your, uh, it's your local friend from Louisville. Hey, man. How you doing, dude? Just fine. Hey, I wanted to ask you, can you tell me the difference between the word should and shall and how it applies to life. What? 
I'm asking you a, a rhetorical oh, question. You for me, a okay, you set me up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no. Okay, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Go, what you... Well, you know, like in like in the Lord's Prayer, we say "shall be done" as earth as it is in heaven. Oh, instead instead of "should be done," ah, uh, yeah, yeah, shall be done. Shall is, be done. Shall be done is your butt supposed to do it? Should be done as well. It, you should do it, but if you don't, it's up to you. I want to share something since you're talking about the rosary today. Do um, mm-hmm. you know how I told you um, I went to penance on uh, Monday night? Yeah. And I said the rosary. I said the glorious mysteries for my rosary before I went into court. And he, the priest that gave me the penance to say it for justice sake. Okay. Right. Watch what happens with what I did. I went down and I just put in a motion yesterday afternoon after I got done with you. And here's something that's within the Kentucky Revised Statutes. It says, if one of the parties has denied under oath or affirmation that the marriage is irretrievably broken, the court shall consider all the relevant factors, including the circumstances that gave rise to filing the petition for the divorce in the first place. It doesn't say should. Right. But the judges are so used to just, like you said, it's cookie cutter. It's just the process. They just said it's a divorce stamp. It's a divorce stamp. But right there, it says this, but I'm going to share something that we were talking about yesterday. You're going to be extremely pleased with. In addition to that, there's a revised statute in every state that probably says it. It says to strengthen and preserve the integrity of marriage and to safeguard family relationships. Do you remember how we were talking yesterday about the um, Roe versus Wade is probably going to be the single biggest determinant factor that has done something for society? Yeah. Well, with the overturn of Roe versus Wade from the federal level, the states are now starting to make changes towards Christianity. Can I share something with you? Yeah. Kentucky just passed on February 23rd additional jurisdictions for family court, and I'd like to read you a couple of the things they have in there. They have to now strengthen and preserve the integrity of family and safeguard marital and family relationships. Wow. Watch this, though. It says to promote the amicable settlement of disputes that have arisen between family members. That's part of the law now that they have to promote amicable settlements and disputes. So now that. And that means marriage. marriage. Yeah, that means marriage, too. Yeah. And well, that's what this is. Family law. Okay, but Mm -hmm. watch the one down here. Number five, when I told my uh, fellow Catholic Alpha friend this, he's like, you got to be kidding me. It says to mitigate the potential harm to the spouses and their children caused by the process of legal dissolution of marriage. Yeah. So now they're starting to apply biblical principles back into law because now they're saying, you know what? We can't do abortions anymore. Now we're going after marriages. That's gonna, right. We're going to start doing away with no fault divorce. Right. What they did was, man, is they're doing they're they're reciprocating what what like what the same sex attracted people did, what the pro abortionists did. They're doing we're, so they're doing the reciprocate. So we defeated one, and now we're going we're pushing back to the next thing, the next, and then we defeat no fault divorce. Then we'll go to the next thing, and that's how and, you with know divorce get, is unconstitutional. Yes. Period. For religious reasons. Yes, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, all and right. That's, and that's what I put in my motion, but I wanted to share that with you. So I actually found the statute 
that's been updated as of February 23rd here in Kentucky. But I would bet it's very similar in all other states, especially the ones that have strong Christian bases that that's they're right. want to start getting away from the no-fault divorce. And, man, that's why you got to love the South. Whatever you say about the South, man, they are conservative for the most part, and they they up they try to uphold the family, man. Now they haven't been doing that good, you know, in the last years because you know eventually you do get consumed with evil too. But now they're fighting back, and and, and that's why, man. What I said yesterday about Trump, you just, whatever you want to say about Trump, you like him, hate him, whatever. The man stood up and he manned up and he got that 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 court system right. And guess what? It overturned overturned the greatest I know debacle in the history of the world, man. Well, I'm I'm going to make a comment on that too, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know that when you said that and you said it's the best thing that president's done in the last hundred years? And I thought to myself, I said, well, we might have to throw World War II in there as well. But how many million people died in World War II? Maybe ten million people. It was that many. Right. Watch this. Wow, that's a lot. I, I, I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm oh, just oh, oh, around oh, okay. <laughs> okay, but whatever it is, watch this. Uh-huh. What's happened over the last fifty years? How many millions upon millions of children have been put to death before being born? Yep. That's why I now agree with that statement. I was kind of saying, well, you got to take World War II into it, but he's done something that's going to completely give Christianity back to the United States. Yes. By doing that. Yes. And, you know, and that's what you hear me say a lot about, like, Catholic priests and bishops and Protestant pastors, they all get upset. We need more money. We need more money. We need more, uh, we need more, um, uh, 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 what do you call them? Um, par- parishioners. We need more parishioners. Well, all your parishioners have been murdered. That, that, that 80 million kids that you killed over the last 60 years or 70 years, that's where your parishioners are. People don't really realize, man, Catholic schools used to have thousands and thousands of kids in those high schools, even the small parishes. And now, look, you know, like Bishop Tard might have six or seven, 800, maybe the smaller ones, less than that, 200 kids, you know. So I, I, what, you know, what Trump did was a great thing, man, even though he might not even realize it right now. But guess who realizes it's God? So, all right. And that's the thing I'm saying. The fact I did that is the whole reason why um, I'm now looking at, and I'm not saying this to be cruel towards the judiciary that I'm going in front of. Because I put something about subordination of perjury by the attorney, the judiciary is now not immune from having charges brought against them because they were made aware of it half a year ago. So now they're going to be tied in as an accomplice, and it means they don't have immunity, which means they could actually lose their job, their license, and be sued for the same thing that they're not promoting, which is integrity. Yes. So it's just part of the process, Jerry. But I thought you might um, like that little tidbit that Kentucky's done, so I'm sure several other states have done it as well. That'll work. I love it. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. Are you cool? Bye. And um, caller number two, you are up. Caller number two. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? Awesome. How are you? I was I wasn't doing too good, but I'm all right now. <laughs> You're right now. Yes. <laughs> well, I want I wanted to encourage Maria um, in the homeschooling game. Um, her husband may not be on board, but. Um, you know, the, the culture, it influenced kids a lot. And there's going to be a lot the kids are going to encounter that they're not, 
you know, mature enough for because the world has lost its mind. But um, a couple of things Maria can do while she's um, praying and being patient with her husband and, you know, have other people pray that he changes his mind. She can still teach some things to her children at home. She can homeschool her kids. Um, Tan Books is a religious bookstore, and you can buy their books online, and she can catechize her kids. She can teach her kids English. She can teach her kids handwriting. She can teach her kids something that she's really good at and passionate about. And, you know, through those kinds of things, it, that may encourage her, her husband. Um, also, it like uh, you had mentioned before, getting with other homeschool families um, or finding out they're uh, the nearest Catholic school co-op in her area. I have a friend that teaches um, high school theology. It's a homeschool program, but not all the kids in the program are homeschoolers. Um, some of them go to school, but their parents want them to learn some real theology. And so she teaches high school theology on the side during the week in the evenings. So, um, and, and also as Maria's on Facebook, there's plenty of Catholic homeschool Facebook groups. And I can't say much for Twitter or for Instagram, but I'm sure Instagram has the same number of uh, Catholic homeschool co- um, Catholic homeschool groups. So there's lots of resources these days. The internet is good for that, and I just hope that she hangs in there, and she will get her wish. Amen. Hey, you just made me realize I should do a podcast interview with an expert on homeschooling. Oh, my God. The people would love that. <laughs> good luck and finding one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was all right. So um, I hope that you guys got something out of that, those two calls. Look, uh, Kentucky got it going on, man. That is really good. Man, that will change That will change the, the life of that state, which, of course, will make other states come on board. Usually there's always one state. People are always waiting on that one state to do what to do it. And then once the one state does it, then the next, then the ne- another state to do it, another state to do it. You know, um, and Maria, as far as the homeschooling girl, you can do it. Just be patient with your your husband, be relentless, guide him, show him other men that are homeschooling their kids or, or, or other families that are homeschooling their kids. Go on, uh, like she said, go on Facebook and try to find other communities and stuff. They are out there. It's tons of them. You're not going to see homeschooling in the real world. You're just not because why? Because counties and governments do not like homeschoolers because we take money away from them so they can waste it on all these other these programs that don't mean nothing. And so you've got to understand that's why you don't hear a lot about homeschooling or you hear so much bad stuff about homeschooling. Like my boys couldn't even play football um, at, at a high school because they were homeschooled unless they went to the school. And so, like when they were um, after they got a youth football, we there in Indianapolis. There's uh called the Lions Club, and they are really good. They they um you can play you can play uh, uh they have middle school ball and then they have high school ball, and so they play other high school homeschoolers all over the country. And 
they also sometimes the um the the local high schools the the government high schools you know township schools all this, they'll 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 play them too you know and they'll play other christian schools and those so the lions club is christian based too so there it's out there it's like getting once you get when you become a Christian or you become a Catholic and you see there's this whole new world, you know, that you never knew existed. And that's the way life is. Satan tries to hide all the good stuff from you. And as long as you're watching CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, um, public, uh, public, uh, public TV, public radio, all those kind of stuff like that, you're not going to hear about the greatness of what people, of what Catholics are doing in this country and what Christian Orthodox and great Christians are doing in this country um, because you, they won't, they don't want you to know. Okay. So that being said, let's get back to our, uh, wait a minute, where's it at? Yeah. Let's get back to our, uh, to our content for today. All right, so we stopped at, okay, we're just getting to the meat of it, y'all. We just stopped at, make no mistake, the rosary is a husband's number one battle weapon in preparation to fight the battle daily. So first, let's cover the spiritual basis for the rosary. Remember, Catholics do not worship Mary. We don't worship Mary. So get that out of your head right now if you are a Protestant listening. We don't worship Mary. Um, We adore her. She is... Highly reverent, highly, highly faithful, highly favored because she is the mother of God. Okay. So basically, she is a saint. And so when you asked, when we, when we asked, you asked, uh, we asked her to pray to us, to ask her son to help us in our prayers. That is why she's powerful. The reason is, is you, you answer the question, is it more powerful to ask a saint to pray for you, like St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Joseph, the Blessed Mother, um, uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux, um, St. Maximilian Kobe, St. Padre Pio, or is it, is it better for you to ask them to pray for you to God, or is it better for you to ask Jerry or your mother or your sister or whoever, your friend, to pray for you? This is why we have, we pray, to, we pray, we ask, we have saints intercede for us. It's called intercession. And the Blessed Mother, the reason why she is so held so high, because she is the pure vessel of God. Another thing that people, I hate when people try to say that the Blessed Mother is just another woman. She's not just another woman. She's the mother of God. She was born sinless. So why? Because if you think about it, God cannot be placed inside an impure vessel. Why? Because he's God. Nothing can be in front of you. This is why there's purgatory. You, you cannot, when you go to purgatory, if you don't have any mortal sins on you, but you still have your soul is still, still impure, you have, you have a lot of damage on your soul, you got to go to purgatory to clean that up and get burned off of you. Why? Because God cannot have anything unclean and impure in front of him in the beatific vision. That's why everybody in heaven is a saint. Okay, so that's how you look at the Blessed Mother. Another thing, too, if you ask the Blessed Mother for something, Christ will not deny you. Why? Because that's his mother. Is it more powerful if I say, you know, if I go to Jesus on my own, is my prayer 
more apt to get answer if I go through his mother and his mother goes asking. Think about it. If I was your friend and I said, hey, man, I need to borrow $1,000, man. Will you go? Uh, and, I, and I went to your mother and I asked, hey, hey, Mrs. Uh, so-and-so, I'm, my name is Jerry Jacobs. I know your son or your daughter. Can I, uh, can I borrow $1,000 because I'm homeless and I need help? He's like, get away from me. You're crazy. But if you go to your mother, now just bear with me. I know you're going to say, hey, no, she's going to say no. But let's just say, I mean, just bear with me. If, if, if you go to your mother and say, look, mama, I got this friend, you know, and, and he's down as luck. And, you know, I got a couple hundred to give him, but he needs a thousand. Can I borrow, can, can you give him $800, you know, or whatever, and I'll pay you back um, later on or whatever. Is she more likely to say yes or no? She's more likely to say yes. Because her son is asking her. This is how you got to look at the Blessed Mother and relationship between the Blessed Mother and Jesus Christ, the Blessed Virgin Mary, is that that is his mother. He cannot deny his mother. And when you pray and you and you ask her, you pray through her, let her intercede for you, and then you ask his, you know, and you're trying to get something from her son, he will give it to her and give it to you, but there's only one stipulation. If it is good, for your eternal soul. That is the only block. Okay? So this is why it's, and remember, the if you look at the Blessed Mother, like the Rosary, the Rosary, the Blessed Mother always leads everybody back to Jesus Christ. Just like St. Joseph. He always leads everybody back to the Blessed Mother and Jesus Christ. That's why they're called the Holy Family. So, we don't worship Mary, okay? The reason we have statues in Catholic churches is to keep our attention on on the on God and keep our attention on the priest and what's going on inside the church. If you are in a church and there's no saints statues in there, there's no crucifixes in there, there's no pictures of Christ, there's no uh, statues of the cross, there's no nothing in there but bare walls in this big auditorium, and you start thinking about, man, I sure am hungry. Man, I sure uh, wish he this, wish this guy hurry up. We've been sitting here two hours, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing in that saint, there's nothing in that sanctuary to bring to bring your attention back to holiness. So that is why that's why the Catholic faith has rel we have relics and all of these things. Every if you look at everything that happens in the Catholic Church, it sends it back to focus on one thing. God, Jesus Christ, and the Trinity. You must be blessed. You must feel blessed and thankful for that. I can't tell you how many times I've been in church on a Sunday and, you know, Father's talking and doing his deal. And then I start, man, I sure want, I'll be glad we he's done so we can get them donuts downstairs. <laughs> you know? So that's, but then all of a sudden I look up and I see the crucifix. Oh, Jerry, get back on point. You know, you're in church. Snap out of it. You know, now, next, the Bible records Mary's own words. They say all ages, which means generations, will call her blessed. That is in Scripture in Luke. Catholics are only doing what the Bible says by giving her the honor she deserves. If Mary had not agreed to do the will of God, where would we be today? Mary also acknowledges that she also uh, she also needed a savior. We are free from our original sin at baptism while Mary was preserved from original sin at her conception. God is not limited by time. So that explains it. You know, the Hail Mary is Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So you got to understand, uh, when, when, when the angel says, Hail Mary, full of grace, he, that is her name. That is a name that, that, that the angel gave her, that God gave her. Hail Mary, full of grace. That is a name. That is not just a sentence. Why? Because she is full of grace. She is the mother of God. She is the pure vessel that God created from the beginning of time to be with the be with him and to carry him through his passion and through his pain as a as an embryo and um, and all of that. So you must understand that is why Mary is also important. She is also important in spiritual warfare. That's why you need to get off your booties and pray the rosary. Because why? Her mission is in Revelation that she is tasked to crush the head of Satan. That's why she's important in spiritual warfare. Okay? You've got to understand that this is the most powerful being ever created. And this is why you have her pray for you. You know, I'm not saying don't ask your mother to pray for you or ask other people to pray for you. But what I am saying on a day-to-day basis when you do your prayer regimen, you should be asking the saints to pray for you because they're powerful. Their prayers are power, more powerful. They're holy. They're saints. They're in heaven. Okay? So that being said, next, below are the sacred scripture references for the Hail Mary and directive to honor Mary as the mother of God. So these are scripture verses right here that I'm going to read off real quick that let you know if you go to them you will see that everything in the in, in the rosary is in these scriptures and it's very important that you understand that the catholic church does not do anything that is not based in scripture hell we wrote the darn thing we wrote the bible okay you got that's why the sacred tradition is important it is not only bible only if it was just bible only would nobody know how to worship god the way he wants to worship god that's why he, jesus christ left the apostles to build his church so that the church could could carry on the traditions of jesus christ and to to teach traditions you will get the faith by mouth and by word okay by mouth means what? Traditions like the faith is passed on by the mouth, the traditions of the church, and by word, which is scripture. So this is why in scripture, it's scripturally based that you need you need you need uh the church, the interpretation of the Catholic Church, interpreting the word of God, and you need the Bible. You need them both together to have a complete and holy and Satan-fighting church. Okay, bam. So these verses are in or uh, are, are to to give validation to the rosary. So Luke 1, 47 through 48, Revelation 12, 1 through 2, Luke 1, 28, Galatians 4, 4, Luke 1, 43, Matthew 1, 23, Luke 41 through 42, Revelation 12, 17, and of course, Luke 1, 34. Okay, so that is for you to go and and research so that when you pray the rosary, you understand that God Christ wants you to do this and that it is a great and awesome thing. It will change your life. So now the next thing is we're going to go into. So why is this important for men? You know, men, we don't like doing wussy wussy stuff. 
You know, we want to know, like, listen, what's the masculine thing going on with this stuff? You know, yeah, Jared, praying the rosary is cool. Praying is cool and everything. Going to church is cool and everything. But when I go to church, I don't want to have all these women around. I don't want to have all these women, on, these girls on the, on the altar. If you know, have a, have a priest. The priest is a woman now. Um, that means I'm not invited. So men, we have to, um, that's why the churches are empty as men. Because men, we don't want to go in a church full of women. Why? Because we ain't got time for that. That's how we look at it. Like, they ain't, they ain't meant for me. They ain't, I'm not trying to do that mushy, mushy, emotional stuff. You know, so that's why pastors and priests, you've, you've got to preach the true word of God if you want men to come there and be there strong. Okay? If, you're, if you have a priest and you are feel that you're hampered by preaching the true word of God of death, heaven, judgment, hell, I'm sorry, heaven, hell, judgment, and death, four last things, or you 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 feel like you're hampered about preaching on the true word of God on abortion or same-sex attraction or contraception, uh, 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 things like, uh, you know, um, uh, contraception and birth control, about no-fault divorce and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. If you feel you're hampered by that, in order to grow your parish, you must have Latin mass. That's how you do it. It's real simple. Because I know a lot of priests today, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They want to preach on the four last things and everything I just said, but they're scared. They're scared that they're going to get pushed out of the faith, going to get sent to Siberia somewhere, and they're not going to be able to preach anymore. They're not going to be able to do whatever they want, you know, to, to, to do the full mission of God that they were meant to do. It hurts priests when they can't do that. I'm telling you, it really does. So, but the answer to that is, the answer to that is, if you can, start the Latin Mass. Guess what? Your church will grow in a year like you've never seen it grow ever. People will flock to come to your church. Then you have a lot of kids there. You have a lot of young families. You have a lot of uh, mature middle-aged people. You have a lot of older people. You need all those kind of people in your, in your parish to grow it and to show the love and be that of Christ. I'm telling you, it works. Now, I know the Pope right now is trying to trying to be down on the Latin Mass, but it seems like he's changing his mind a little bit. So, listen, try your best. If you if you can't if you can't preach the Word of God the way you want to draw in the people, because that will draw in the people. Sure, preaching the Word of God retracts people sometimes because that's because they they're they they're broken. But somebody who really wants to love God and really wants to be God in their life and really wants the true word of God is drawn to that. And you preaching the real word of God would draw your parish, would make your parish grow like wildfire. But if you if you feel that you can't preach it like that, then what you do is you try your best to get a Latin star Latin mass. You find somebody that knows how to do it. It's not that hard. Um, you got to learn it. But there are people that will teach you how to do it. And then you could be, well, I'm telling you, Started with just one daily mass and then two daily masses, three daily masses, and eventually get on Saturday, then Sunday. You'll see they'll come out of the woodwork. They'll, even though even the happy, clappy Catholics who really don't, don't like the Latin mass, what will happen is your English mass will become more like it's a Latin mass and it will grow. It will become more holy. And you'll see you'll draw people from that, too. Man, I've seen it work. I've seen it work too many times, dude. I'm telling you. So that being said, we're going to talk about the masculine benefits of the rosary because men want to know what is it, how does it benefit me as a man, okay? So, um, again, 
started praying. I started praying the rosary back. So number one is my story. Like I started praying the rosary back in 2009 for my wife and for my marriage and for my family after I took the Curcio. It changed me as a man. It changed my temperament. Oh my God. It changed my temperament. If you have anger problems, if you're depressed, if you feel frustrated, there are two things that will help you um, that will help you change that. One is prayer, praying the rosary. And then two, now everybody get ready, is to uh, not lose your hormones when having sex as much. Because when we lose our hormones, we get depressed. And all our hormones for men are contained in our semen. And so those two things, if you have anger problems, if you if you don't have patience and humility, if you don't, if you have a, if a bad temperament, if you feel yourself getting frustrated all the time, you don't know why, those two things will completely change that. Okay? Because it changed it for me. Okay. Next, uh, it changed the closer with my wife. So me and my wife are a lot closer when I started praying the rosary. My relationship with my children has changed and my relationship with God. And it put me on fire for Christ in his church. I joke with people all the time. The person you hear and see right now was not the person 20 years ago. <laughs> I've been like this on fire for God for that long. And I've blessed every day. Okay. So number two. So, oh, I got a, a, got a quick, uh, a quick quote here that helps with this next one. So, you got it. It says Satan, quote, Satan realizes the quickest entry into the home, hearts and minds of a family is to get rid of the man. Once once the protector is subdued, everyone else is putty in quote. Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Catholic Alpha dot com. That's me, y'all. I did that. I said that quote, <laughs> but it's true. Once Satan gets rid of you, the man, everybody else don't even matter. He got them. They putty. Okay, so number two, your number one battle weapon as a man. Each day you must pick up your weapon to protect your home, your marriage, your wife, your children, and yourself. Remember, prayer is suffering and sacrifice. This is how you give your life away as a man daily for your marriage and family. Okay, number three, the gateway to spiritual warfare. We talked about this a little earlier. Number three, the, the number three masculine way to think about the rosary is your rosary prayers along with confession, are the gateway spiritual warfare into the marriage and family you need. You must attack with reckless abandonment and be consistent. Remember, as the man, your mission is to protect, defend, and serve. Reckless abandonment, gentlemen. Reckless abandonment to protect and defend your home. Okay? Number four, the rosary will protect your children. How can you protect your children 24-7? Answer that question in your head right now. How can you protect your children 24-7? Physically, I'll help you. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't be in every place all the time. For this reason, you need the Holy Spirit. One of the things, and when you pray the rosary for your children, the Holy Spirit assists you in protecting them from physical harm, from making bad decisions, and helping them do things as you would have them do it. That is so powerful. Once I... Once I realized that about the Holy Spirit, that completely changed my mindset about prayer. It completely changed it. And that nobody told me that. That just came to me. I don't know how. I guess it was the Holy Spirit, but it came to me like, Jerry, 
How do you protect? You're going to send your kids to high school. You're going to send your kids out here in the world. They're out here. They, you can't protect your wife and kids 24-7 physically. Sure, if you're in the house, somebody breaks in there, you're there, bam, you got it. But you got to go to work. Your wife goes to work. Your kids got to go to school. They got football practice, whatever. How do you protect them? You, you do it through the Holy Spirit. You say that you pray a rosary for your family and for your wife and for your marriage. And then when your wife is gone, that protects other men from 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 being from from trying to from being in her fancy and her and her actually allowing the man to to attract to be attracted to him and her, you know. Also, that your wife, you know, it, it helps you, it protects your wife physically while you're away, while you're not around from physical harm. The spirit, the Holy Spirit will protect your family for you, but you gotta sacrifice sacrifice for it. Your kids, I just said that. Your kids, man, you, 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 when you pray the rosary and offer that rosary up to Christ for your kids, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will, will oversee them for you. The guardian angels will, will, will take care of them better. You've got to understand your power as a man. I cannot say it a much as uh, enough. I'm telling you, man, that when I learned this, when I had this revelation right here, it changed my whole way about prayer. And my children have always been protected. My wife has always been protected. I don't know how it happens, but it's God. I know that. Okay. Next. Five. The rosary will, the rosary will protect your beloved. I just talked about that. Uh, she will reject other men's advances. She is protected physically. She spreads your love to your children, friends, and extended family. Believe it or not, your wife is the heart of your home. And when she knows you love her more than anything, that's why you pray for her. You pray for your marriage. You pray the rosary for her. The reason why is because the Holy Spirit will still will start to infect, get into your wife, especially if your marriage is not too far gone yet. If you're in marriage crisis, it's going to be very hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be very hard to get the Holy Spirit to, to flip the heart of your wife. But you helped cause that. So that should right there fuel you to say, I helped cause this. I got to help correct it. Now, I know your wife has problems, too, in your marriage crisis. But what we got to do is get you. You help cause that, too. You're a part of it, too. You're not victimless. OK, so you have to you. So you have to get them out of it now. But if your marriage is like is bad, mediocre or good and you pray the rosary, I'm telling you. It will change your marriage and your family life, and you, it will it will happen a lot faster. But if you have a terrible marriage and you're in marriage crisis, it's going to take a lot more work. But it will happen. Okay, this is why you hear me say, man, don't let your marriage get marriage crisis because things become ten times harder. If you have if you have a bad marriage, a mediocre marriage, a good marriage, or a great marriage, and you start praying the rosary, well, everybody that has a great marriage, and I'm telling you, they're already praying the rosary for their for their for their wife. But if you have a mediocre marriage, a bad marriage, or a good marriage, I'm telling you, what will happen is your wife will completely change towards you first. And then she will spread your love that she has, that you have for her to your children and to her environment and in your home. It will completely change your home environment and you don't even know it. Number six, um, the Blessed Mother uh, 15 promises for praying the rosary. So uh, 
basically, this is number set, uh, number, uh, well, really, it's number seven. I said seven, but this is where I don't know how I got to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, number seven, the Blessed Mother's 15 promises for the rosary. Okay. So, what does that mean? The Blessed Virgin Mary made these promises to St. Dominic and to all who follow that whatever you ask in the rosary will be granted. But remember, the caveat is what? If God determines it is good for your soul, you will get anything that you ask through the, through the rosary. You will, you will, you will, you will. Okay? Now, who's St. Dominic? St. Dominic is the one who the Blessed Mother and Jesus Christ gave the rosary to. And so he was tasked for the rest of his life to only preach on the rosary. Okay? Now, you 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 Orthodox Catholics, I could be wrong because I'm not right. But I, I think that's what that is. Okay? He is. So, anyway, that being said... The fifth, we're almost done. The 15 promises of the rosary. Please embrace this. It's not a joke. Man, listen, if you if you pray the rosary every day, you're going to get a lot of blessings. And these 15 things are a culmination of that. So, number one, whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Okay. Number two. I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. Now, when she says greatest protection and uh, I grant all of this, what she means is through her son, through her, through Christ. The, the, the one thing you got to understand about the Blessed Mother, she is only special as far as her relationship with Christ, just like St. Joseph. Just like Christ is only as special as through his relationship with God. Okay. So this is what she means that Christ as they they will give God and Christ and the Trinity have decided that if we pray these things and do these things, the rosary is a meditation. You got to realize that it's a meditation. That's why it's so powerful too. Because the more you meditate on scripture, on the life of Christ, the life of the Blessed Mother, the angels, the saints, on hell, on death, on judgment. All these things, the more on scripture, the more you meditate on the on God in the universe and all the things from that, the more closer you will grow to God, the more graces you will get in your in your home as a man and as a wife, and you will see it. You will see it. There's only, but again, there's only two caveats. I said there was one caveat, but there's really two caveats. The first caveat is good for your soul. The second caveat is, is if you are in grace with God. That's why confession is so important. The more in grace you are with God, the more you are apt to get your prayers answered. Okay? Next, number three, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. I am the number, I am a testimony to that. I'm a testimony to that. I'm telling you. Armor against hell, destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. I'm telling you, I'm a testimony to that. Man, I can't tell you how the rosary has just changed me as a man. And I didn't even realize it at first until my wife and kids start saying it. Okay? And you won't realize it either. Next, the rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire for eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. 
So basically, that's saying if you pray the rosary for your ministry, that it will flourish. Okay. Next, the soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the of the rosary shall not perish. So guess what that means? That means that, dude, you pray the rosary and you ain't going to hell. Now, if you're a Protestant <laughs> and you hear that, you better be like, hey, where's the nearest bead I can get and where's the nearest priest so I can get it blessed? Because, <laughs> hey, God just told you through his mother that the soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary shall not perish. Shall not perish where? To hell. Bam. Huh. Okay, number six. Whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mysteries shall never be conquered by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he but just... If he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. Bam. Another great one. Okay. Pray the rosary devoutly. What does that mean? That means meditation. You just can't say the rosary. If you're just saying the rosary, you're not praying the rosary. Just go, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord's with thee. Bless our time, my women, bless the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, only Mary, mother of God, pray for our sins, not the other death. And you're, the whole time you're praying that, that, that you're thinking about getting your car fixed. Or getting something to eat. No, you got to pray the rosary devoutly, which means what? Meditation. As you pray the rosary, you meditate on the life of Christ, the life of relationship with his mother, the life of God. Boom. That's that's what it, that's what they mean. That's what that means. Number seven, whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Woohoo! Boom, boom, boom. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Who shall ever have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. What are the sacraments, man? Bet, okay, y'all, don't get on me now. I probably know all of them. Because I'm, 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 I'm on pressure now, so I'm probably going to forget one. But look, holy orders, uh, the un injunction, uh, 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 extreme unction, um, confirmation, baptism, marriage, um, and I think I got all, and the Eucharist, I think I got all of them. So, Boom. The sacraments are important. Why are they called sacraments? Because those are original grace. You get that from grace. Okay? You get graces from that stuff. And if you have the graces of the church, you are have that graces. She's saying you should not die without the sacraments of the church, which means when you on your deathbed, you're going to get extreme unction, which is what? Uh, bless before you die. The priest is going to come and bless you, give you confession and all that stuff before you die. That is awesome. You get one last chance to get confessed and come to God. You people who don't, who think that I'm going to go my whole life, I'm going to ignore God, I'm going to ignore the Catholic Church, I'm going to ignore being an Orthodox Christian, I'm going to ignore uh, not going to church and mass, I'm going to ignore not praying, I'm just do whatever I want for 99.99 of my years of my life, and then I'm decided when I get on my deathbed, then I'll come to God and then uh, I'll call a priest, and everything's going to be all right. No! Do you know how rare that is? You have to have a perfect act of contrition on your deathbed to go to hell, I mean, to go to heaven after ignoring God your whole life. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to have an extreme 
influx of grace in you, in you at that time. This is why the Blessed Mother is telling you right now, all you got to do, whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. You will go to heaven. You are a purgatory, at least purgatory. Okay? If those of you know what purgatory is, it's the it's, it's, it's because no one, right, you have to be of pure heart, mind, and soul when you go before God in the beatific vision. If you are not, God has given us mercy. He created purgatory, which means you go to purgatory to get all that all the all the impurities burnt off your soul. You're still in heaven, but you're not in a beatific vision. And then once you get that burnt off you, that might take centuries, it might take years, it might take a thousand years. I don't know. Only God knows. Once your impurities are off your soul, then you're allowed to go to heaven. That's why these people who go, all I got to do is just say, God, uh, I, f- I forgive you for everything I did um, and all of that stuff and think you're going to go to heaven. You're not going right to heaven. You're not. You're going to purgatory if you get there. Okay. Next, number eight, those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and their death, the light of God and the plenitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the marriage of the saints in paradise. Boom! Boom! That's why it's powerful. Boom! Right there. Heaven. Boom! Purgatory. Boom! Number nine, I shall deliver. <laughs> Number nine, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. Bam! Guess what that's saying? Guess what that's saying? Boom, your butt done died. You got you got uh, your soul is impure, but you don't have no mortal sin on your soul. So bam, you're in purgatory. But guess what? Your whole life, or for you know, well, I'm sure she don't mean your whole life, but you have a devotion to the rosary, and all of a sudden she Christ will remove you from purgatory and immediately wash away all your impurities, and you'll go straight to the beatific vision. Bam, dude. What more could you want? If I was a Protestant and I heard that, and I and I didn't have, and I and I didn't want to go to the Catholic Church, or I was, um, or if you know I couldn't go to confession with the Catholic Church, whatever, I would pick up the rosary and start praying that right now. I would, I would. You know why? Because God and His Mother are telling you that if you have devotion to it, it will you will make it to heaven. Okay. Uh, next. Um, Number 10, the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. Woo, what does that mean? Now, I don't know if I have this exactly right, but okay, we've got to understand that there's a hierarchy in heaven and there's a hierarchy in hell, okay? In hell, there are levels. I think I know there are at least a thousand walls. There are a thousand walls, a thousand feet thick in heaven. And so there are a thousand levels in heaven. I mean, in hell. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying hell. In hell. There are a thousand walls, a thousand feet deep going to the center of hell. Each time you touch, each wall is a high degree of heat and pain and suffering as you go through that wall. Okay? In heaven, it's glory. It's a higher, there are hierarchy in heaven and the glory. The Blessed Mother, Saint Joseph, all the saints, they are at a higher level. And then you, you come in and then pray, you pray the rosary and I have a devotion to the rosary. You will get a higher level in heaven too. Okay. This is why you hear me say, 
Either you're going to suffer now or you're going to suffer later. I'm trying my best to suffer now as much as I can through prayer, suffering, and sacrifice, but I'm, I, don't, I don't know if it's enough, but I can't worry about that. I just got to keep doing my best because I know the more I suffer now, the less I will serve, suffer in purgatory, okay? Next, uh, 12, um, number 11, you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. I covered that one. Number 12, all those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Okay? So your day-to-day life, she will help you with, with what you need. She will go through her son, ask her son. And remember, when you hear she's saying, basically she's saying, I will, and all these 15, she's saying, I will ask my son to give you these things. And if Jesus Christ says yes, because it benefits your soul and you're in grace, boom, you will get it. Now, it's still going to take some suffering and sacrifice and perseverance to get through it, though. Okay. Number 13, I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of their death. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. That's what that means. I will be with you at the hour of your death. You will not be alone. Okay? And throughout your life, she will have the you have the you will have the, the source, the resource of the heavenly celestial court to help you through your life. Number 14, all who recite the rosary are my sons and daughters and brothers and sisters of my only son, Jesus Christ. And number 15, devotion of my rosary is great, is a great sign of predestination. Ooh, 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 ooh. Devotion of my rosary is a great sign of predestination. So that means you pray the rosary every day you have a great chance of going to purgatory or heaven. Same thing, but just one is not as, you know, you are explain that. So that is it. That is it, gentlemen. That is it. Man, I know, man, it's beautiful, dude. I know it's beautiful, man. If you, if, if, if after going through that with me, and sure, I didn't get everything right. I know that. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these great theologian dudes that know everything. But my heart, it means well. <laughs> So all I'm asking is that you learn about the rosary. It is your number one spiritual, it's your number one battle weapon. Why? I just explained 15 reasons why and more. So all I'm asking, man, is you consider it, get your, get your rosary. Uh, one of the places I go is, is the Black Monks um, rosary. They, they make great, strong, powerful, masculine rosaries. Um, and you get it, and then you take it to a priest and let him bless it because sacramentals don't have any power um, without being blessed. I'm sure they have some, but it's more. Put it like this. They have more when they're blessed by a priest, okay? So even if you're a Protestant, if you ask a priest to bless your, bless your rosary or bless your sacramental, you know, most of them will because they want you to come to God. They love, they love you, and they want you to come to God. You know, so that is what we have today. I'm going to take a short break and we have went further than we ever have before. But I want you guys to know 
that God is with you, that God is wants to give you the power and the strength and the perseverance to save your marriage, to battle for your marriage, to battle for your family, and to bring it back together. And if it's together, to make it great. So you can do it, man. It's Friday, so you got the whole weekend to contemplate on what we talked about today. <laughs> Bam! And so, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast. Pray. And prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.